welcome to the next episode of Let's Talk PND. My name is Talia and each episode I aim to bring you heartfelt stories from parents about their journey with postnatal anxiety and depression. If you have a story you'd like to share, get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. So let's get stuck into this week's episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk PND. I'm joined here by Hannah, a beautiful colleague of mine. Um, she's had two beautiful babies, um, Arlo, who is two and a half years old, and Wilkie, who's Wilkie, sorry, who's just turned nine months old. Um, she lives in Brisbane, and she's a midwife. I work with with Hannah, um, and she had her babies through a private midwifery practice. Um, she's going to talk to us today about her experience with postnatal anxiety. So it's an important thing thing to talk about um, and I don't think a lot of people know about the anxiety side of things postnatally it's we always generally talk about postnatal depression and, and that sort of thing so Hannah really wants to talk to us about the postnatal anxiety and get that that word out there about it so thank you Hannah for joining me no worries my pleasure um, so do you want to tell us firstly about your little family yeah, so I'm a mum of two, as you said, Arlo and Wilkie. So I did the old uh, smash them out too close together, <laughs> 20 month age gap, two under two. Yeah. Tell you what, it is not for the faint hearted. Um, <laughs> and I have a partner of 14 years, Tori. So I'm super lucky not to do this parenting journey on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, absolute power to those mums and or dads who are out there doing it by themselves because this gig is tough yep um yeah and so mum of two with a partner doing life that's my little fan very good very good and do you want to do you want to talk to us about your birth story so first with Arlo so you went through the same midwifery practice for both of them I did Um, indeed good experiences with with both of them yeah, I did. I was really lucky. I think being a midwife, you know, blessing and a curse it can be. But the blessing side of it was I really knew what I wanted from birth, went into it with a really like open mind, um, but kind of knew what to expect. And I had a really wonderful experience both times. So I, I can't say I'm someone who loves pregnancy, if I can be honest. Um, I'm, a, I'm like a bit hypermobile and I really struggle with like pelvic pain and varicose veins and yeah. fatigue and you know the nausea and vomiting and all the fun stuff that comes with that so I didn't love pregnancy but boy I loved giving birth which I know some people are like that is ridiculous <laughs> but that's me I would have another baby just to give birth but um yeah but not yeah. right <laughs> yeah exactly and then someone else if anyone wants to put their hand up can have the child <laughs> <laughs> so how did your birth go with Arlo yeah, great. So I was um, term and low risk with both my pregnancies, which was awesome, um, and broke my waters at night time and had a really nice, like, I shrummed and then went straight into active labour, which I was a bit shocked by, but I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> went to hospital like an hour and a half later because I was already starting to feel a little bit anxious and just really wanted to, like, set up my birth space. Mm-hmm. Um and then I got into hospital and we played this awesome playlist that I had put together and like all just jammed out to some cool tunes. And nine hours after I my orders broke, he was born. Wow. So yeah, it was great. Like I was all fours on the bed with two amazing midwives from 
um, the private practice I went through and my partner by my side and he ended up catching Arlo, which was awesome. And then being able to announce that it was a boy because we didn't know the gender. Um, I did have a one and a half litre postpartum hemorrhage, which, you know, part for the course, I knew something had to happen, you know, the (laughs) midwife curse. Um, but it was super well managed. And so, yeah, I had a really wonderful experience actually. Yeah, nice. And then I saw with Wilkie had a water birth. I did. I That was the one thing that I missed with Arlo. There was no tubs available. Yeah. Um, in the end, with the way it all went, you know, like hindsight, I was like it all happened how it was meant to. I got to spend the whole labour in the shower with him. And then because of the way my PPH happened, it was actually really great that I wasn't in the tub. And even with like how slow it was to birth him. The kid was 4.1 kilos, so, you know, it took a bit of effort to get that kid out. And you're only small too. Like you, you're tall but you're only – I'm yeah. narrow, yeah. You're narrow. <laughs> and he was a compound presentation too, the cheeky little monster, 4.1 kilos with an arm by his face. Oh. Like, mate, make me work may, for it. You may as well add 500 grams with a compound presentation. Seriously. So, <laughs> like, I would have had to get out of the tub anyway. So it all happened how it was meant to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, with Wilkie, I was really keen to get in the tub and because of who I went with, despite my PPH, they were really supportive of my way I wanted to birth and so I didn't have to have a cannula in. I didn't. I wasn't excluded from the tub. I got to birth my way um, and just feel super supported by my midwife, which was yeah. great. Yeah, continuity of care, honestly. I know. Doesn't it just make the world of difference? So much, so much. But uh, and- um, yeah, what was that? And especially going private too. Yeah. Get that support that you, you might not get otherwise. Yeah, exactly. It was so awesome. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I got to – I went to the hospital a bit early with her just mostly to get away from my toddler who was going through a real I only want mum face. Um, and, yeah, again, I was like a four days over and I'd had a stretch and sweep that morning after like four or five times where I thought I was going to labor and it all fizzled and I was like come on baby what are you doing um and then things kicked off and I went to hospital and then it all fizzled again rude and so we thought let's just do a quick VE and make sure you're not like secretly progressing more than we are thinking and an hour and 16 minutes later, my little girl was born in the bath. <laughs> oh, what were you on um, vaginal examination when they did I was that? four to five wow. and just super stretchy. And um, they gave me a little stir up. And the moment I stood up, I was like, I just looked at my midwife. I said, it's on. No one's going anywhere. <laughs> and she was like, okay. And that very first contraction, I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> and then I waited like 10, 15 minutes. And I was like, I'm not getting in that tub until it's definite like I want like a bunch of these in a row and then I got my bunch and I was like okay get in the tub now <laughs> the photos were so beautiful I loved what, looking at them I just love oh, I love looking so at beautiful them. um and then to see ones of people that you know and have had really nice beautiful births it's just so it's so nice love it isn't it it's just so, it's really like I look back on them all the time. It's so nice to reflect back on what that was like and not just the like painful part but all the moments in between. Yeah. It's really, and really lovely. It's good for, you know, even especially in um, traumatic births, you can go back and look at the photos because they're going to capture moments that of joy and happiness and it helps people, I think. Yeah. I think it helps people who are, are struggling um, postnatally in terms of mental health because you look back on those photos and go, you know, it wasn't 
possibly also bad. You know, these were the yeah. moments and it, it, I think it helps people get through, but you never know what to expect postnatally. Um, no, this is true. That's, yeah, yeah. Um, so we were talking earlier about how you went through postnatal anxiety and we were talking about how um, there's a lot of focus on education around postnatal depression but not so much postnatal anxiety. So you yeah. have um, postnatal anxiety with ALO and um, including intrusive thoughts and fears that you're going to hurt him. So do you want to take us through through that story? Yeah. So I think it's funny, like being a midwife, I expected to just be really across these things. And, it, God, it took me for six. Hey, I remember <coughs> in pregnancy I developed an arrhythmia um, and being like, oh, that is making me feel really anxious. And every time I get it, I get it like every day now, this arrhythmia, it's with me for good now and like it's automatically linked to these feelings of anxiety so every time I get it I feel a bit anxious and being like oh that really made me worry about like my well-being and I'm having this baby and like nothing bad can happen to me because I have to look after this baby and so feeling yeah I guess like that anxiety started creeping in just a little bit in pregnancy all of a sudden realizing how important like my life was for this other being. <laughs> and then at 38 weeks pregnant, my cousin passed away unexpectedly in his early 20s. He tragically drowned. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, so when I was 38 weeks pregnant, I was at his funeral um, and, like, getting these niggles and being like, oh, my God, just, like, please, baby, don't come today. I'm, you know, not ready for this. And even though I'm not, I wasn't super close to my cousin, like we hadn't, um, you know, been in contact a bunch, I still am in contact with his parents um, a fair bit. Um, And so I just remember standing at his funeral and holding my belly and just like being flooded with these thoughts of like, how am I going to keep you safe? you know, how in this world am I going to make sure that you're safe? Like just over and over again. And at the time I didn't like piece together because I didn't know what was coming in terms of my anxiety, how much that was going to hit me. But, you know, you kind of just are like, oh, this is a really emotional time. Everyone's grieving. I'm watching my auntie and uncle lose their child and that like while I stand here about to have one, it just felt like a really awkward, weird space to be in mentally. Um, But it all just came right back after he was born. So initially we lived in our little love bubble in the hospital for a couple of days and that was awesome. Um, And then we went home and, you know, just it felt like I just had this – almost like a perfect storm for this anxiety. So then I was home with my new baby. He was yet to be named. Um, and my sister, who has struggled with her mental health for a long time, um, called me and she was in crisis um, and she was self-harming for the first time and had me on the phone telling me what she was doing um, and that she was alone and, you know, didn't know what to do and I am freshly home with my baby 40 minutes away and thinking like I feel so helpless what can I do for you here um 
and you know she didn't want me to call an ambulance or help her or anyway we got her help in the end um and that was all sorted and she ended up being admitted to a psychiatric facility so my very first outing with my new baby was to a psychiatric facility to see my sister um which you know all fine I'm very much for I was just so glad that she went there to get the help that she needed um but when I got there I noticed they had a postnatal ward um and I know at the time my sister would be like oh my gosh I didn't realize how big of an impact those words had but she was like oh yeah they tell me so many nurses and doctors are in there because like you'll put too much pressure on yourselves and so many of them end up not coping and I just remember like sitting there thinking to myself oh my gosh that's where I'm gonna end up like every member of my family has had mental health issues and this is my trigger my trigger is having a baby and I'm gonna have some you know psychosis and lose my mind and end up here um and it kind of just like all started from there to really intensify and I started getting these intrusive thoughts about not being able to protect my baby. Um, and we lived on the fifth floor of an apartment. Um, and I just had these terrible feelings of like, oh my gosh, you're going to wake up in the night having had some like psychotic break and you're going to throw your baby over the balcony. And then you're going to arouse from that and realize like what has happened and like how would you ever live and then once an intrusive thought happens and you are not in the best place to deal with it boy they just keep coming Mm. (laughs) so yeah that started to happen more and more those thoughts and those feelings um and I think it was only maybe like day six or seven postnatal my one of my great midwives came to see me at home and I just looked at him and was like, Maddie, I need help. Like I am not coping. And she, we kind of talked through intrusive thoughts and what they are and that they don't mean intent and all of that. And I just looked at her and I was like, that's not enough. Like I, I'm telling you I need help. And so that afternoon she um, sent a referral to a psychologist for me who specialises in kind of the perinatal period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was maybe day 12 that I had my first appointment with her and thank the Lord I did. (laughs) That was like such, like looking back, such a turning point. And I feel like my journey could have gone one way or the other, but yeah, that was like a really awesome moment in that. Who was it? Um, the psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Nest Psychology at Tawong and I saw an awesome lady named Erin. Yeah, I've heard of Nest actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they do like kids and the perinatal period. That's their specialty. Thing. Yeah, not mm. good. Yeah. The day 12, you started to feel, well, not feel better, but, you know, you you were getting some help. And yeah, then- which just was awesome. I just, like, I can't recommend seeing a trained professional enough when you're going through something like that because she just normalised exactly what I was going through. And it's I guess it seems silly just because you know like being a nurse and a midwife I feel like I should have known more about this stuff but like intrusive thoughts was not something that I was really even aware of I didn't like I even my partner is incredible and probably because his mum's a psychologist (laughs) and he studied psychology for a very short period of time 
I remember telling him what was I was going through and expecting him to be like, oh, boy, <laughs> like, she needs some help. And he was just like, yeah, you're having some intrusive thoughts. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why are you so cool about this? I am breaking down. Um, but, yeah, so just having someone normalise what I was going through and say to me in a way that, like, really resonated with me, this is why, like, I know it's or going to a psychologist, it's very personal in terms of what they teach you and what works for you. But for me, it was her saying to me, intrusive thoughts are a really unhelpful way of acknowledging your core values. And for you, a core value that has popped up because of what's happened with your cousin and with your sister is safety, is the safety of your family. And so in a really unhelpful and kind of traumatic way, your brain is highlighting to anything that might feel unsafe or threaten that core value. And it's just a really difficult thing for you to process. And you have to just, you know, basically had to use some strategies and tools that we worked through to teach me how to be okay with those and to not let them make me spiral, but to let them enter my mind, be at peace with the fact that they were there and then move on. Yeah. But boy, they are rough. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You fear for your life and your child's life all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It was the fear. I sat in fear for months. Yeah. Just, Yeah. yeah, as I said to you earlier, just sitting on the couch, holding him, being like, I love you so much and I just need to like say that out loud while I cry Mm. so that we can like acknowledge that I love you, I love you, I love you. These thoughts are coming in and I don't want them. Then they're not welcome here. You know, it's, it's not my intent, but why, why does my brain keep thinking this? Like it just, yeah, it feels like such a like sick and twisted way (laughs) of your, for your brain to, yeah, you know, acknowledge that their safety is a priority. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Safety is a priority. Can we not move on? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and what if um, what's was it just? Did you need any any like medication treatment for it, or did was it all through psychologist? No, just all through the psychologist. I felt I know really lucky. I think I think I got really lucky with her in terms of her approach. Um, just was exactly what I needed. So. Yeah the way she explained like what's happening in my brain was really scientific and because of how like what we do it, that just, it made sense to me like I was really able to like label it like almost like evidence-based this and be like <laughs> this is what is happening in my brain bang 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 done I'm okay with that yeah yeah so how many sessions did you need to to utilize <clears throat> oh I mean many. many I saw her for up until probably Carla was probably almost one when I yeah. stopped seeing her. Um, and, you know, like we had some where it was like weekly and then fortnightly and then we pushed out to monthly towards the end and then I was like, okay, we can push out a bit further. And then I made contact after a few months when we had fallen pregnant again and I just knew that that was another change and that there was a chance that I was going to have some struggles again or just even like maybe 
not necessarily PTSD, but, you know, a little bit of like, oh, this is going to bring up some stuff. And so I think maybe a tune-up wouldn't be a bad idea. So just towards the end of pregnancy, we did a few appointments just to make sure I was in a good headspace and kind of reviewed my strategies and just made sure that I was feeling a bit prepared. And then I kept seeing her up until maybe only two months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we got to a point where she was like, we don't have anything booked in. And I was like, yeah, I'm actually feeling really good. I don't think we need to. And so yeah. that's such a nice place to be in. Yeah. And you were saying earlier, like the difference between having your first baby and your second baby is that you are able to prepare yourself for what is to come. And that's exactly what you did. Yeah, I think just having, I mean, like even being able to pay for a psychologist, honestly, is like there are people out there who just don't have the access to these kinds of resources, um, not as readily, you know. So I feel really lucky just to even be able to like, oh, I need to have a tune-up with my psychologist. Let me book an appointment. Um, For anyone out there, though, get a mental health care plan. It'll save your bucket loads. (laughs) Go to your GP, get your sessions, and you get extra sessions because of COVID. Yeah. which is awesome um but yeah just the knowledge of like oh that was a tricky period I need to check back in and I need to prepare it's like anything it's like going into birth you know people prepare some people everyone does it differently but you know you go through the preparations you need to make yourself feel ready and I think going through that from the mental health side of things is just as important as the physical yeah it's so true and in hindsight you think I should have prepared mental health wise for the birth of this child. But you just don't know. Hindsight's a bit. You just don't know. You think, and I was the same as you. And I know quite a few midwives that we work with that are pregnant and think that they're going to be fine too. And I got to hope that they don't experience what we've experienced. Um, But then it gives me a little bit of anxiety for them because I'm like, you know, this is how a lot of people feel is that because we're midwives, we should those first six weeks I thought was going to be a breeze. I'd be absolutely fine and know exactly what I'm doing because I'm the one that talks everybody else through those Mm -hmm. weeks that I should be able to. But, you know, you're not dealing with the sleep deprivation and the sore boobs and the nipples falling off and the screaming at 3 a.m. You're not dealing with all of that. Yeah, Yeah, there's nothing like lived experiences there to really hammer at home. And you just don't know. Like, I didn't know that. I was going to be at a funeral and then that my sister was going to have a crisis and you know what I mean? Like that my mind was going to flip out, you know, like how do you, you don't. prepare for that? In, it's, you, and you can prepare kind of, but not really because you have no idea what your experience is going to be. Every baby's different. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. What were some of the things that your psychologist, um, like for the, for people who are listening and might be struggling, what were sort of the things that she, um, tips that she gave you, I suppose, or um, you used a word before that I can't remember, things that helped you when you were having those intrusive thoughts to bring you yeah, back? I, um, we focused, especially at the beginning, a lot of like things that made me feel calm, like skin to skin connecting with my baby and just like really bringing me back to like the here and now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we worked through, you know, like what kinds of things make me feel relaxed in life. So one of a few of my things were like put on music 
And so I'd put my labor playlist back on because it took me back to like a really nice time where I felt super connected with my baby and, you know, um, or go have a shower. That was another big one it was just mm-hmm. to be like, undress yourselves and go get in the shower and just with, the like, two, like, with Arlo together. Yeah. Yeah. And just like be in the safety of that space because yeah. my shower was, you know, like I had to walk through my wardrobe to get into the bathroom and then it was behind like a door. And so it felt really far away from my balcony. Yeah. Um, so I got to kind of almost like shed all of the fear on my way to the bathroom and then just like lock ourselves in there and sit down on the shower floor with my baby and just be like, we're safe, we're okay. Yeah. Until I kind of worked through. So she, she would talk about my amygdala being like, your amygdala is taking over when you're spiraling. I call her Amy. Amy's a bitch. And I was like, <laughs> yes she is and so I'd like sit on the shower floor being like screw you Amy you bitch and then once I relaxed I was like okay she's gone she's not in control anymore mm-hmm. I'm back to you know the part of me that knows how to rationalize and understand what's going on yeah yeah and you were saying um Tori was super supportive and super helpful so how was he did, were there any times he had to take Arlo away so that you could come back or did that make you feel more anxious when he was away from you? Yeah, I didn't like him being away from me. I'm still a bit of a helicopter parent with both my kids. I'm sure I'm I know it's in a much healthier way than it was back then, but yeah. um yeah, I'm still very much one of those I want to be around to make sure you're okay. Yeah. Um but no, he didn't ever he he would take him if I needed him to, if I was like, I'm not coping and I just need you to like stay out in the lounge room with him. But he was great. Like when I was fearful of the balcony, he was totally fine with me, like locking those doors with a key so that, because it was like big sliding doors that opened all the way out. And we had one on our bedroom, like door was a balcony as well as yeah. like the actual balcony. So it was like a whole lot of glass. There was no getting away from it. Um, and he was like, yeah, if we need to lock it, that's fine. Like, whatever we need to do and he was totally okay with me saying you know I'm going to the shower I need some time alone but don't let Arlo do this or don't put him there because that's not safe or don't you know he's like yep I can do all of that that's fine you know like just really yeah on board for whatever I needed at the time yeah nice. um yeah I definitely can't fault him in that journey which was awesome and I just never felt judged which I think is probably the biggest thing when you're going through something like that because externally like talking to other people about it especially when you're in it is really tricky and like I don't think I've ever been so lonely as I was in those months after having Arlo realizing that like you know everyone's excited for you having a baby but then you have a baby and then all of a sudden nobody's around yeah and you're super lonely and you know Tori was awesome but at six weeks he had to go back to work and as it was that was extended because I was losing my mind I was like you're not going back yeah. And then you are at home with just you and this kid and you are just hoping that you're going to keep them safe and you're going to do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. But you're by yourself. Yep. Mm, super yeah. isolating. And then you're, you know, you're trying to, to feed yourself and eat and try and get back to some sort of normality. And then they start going through sleep regressions and leaps and you're doing yep. all on your own. And yeah, gosh. I, Parenting, um, hey. <laughs> oh, goodness. And this is the thing, um, uh, you know, there's probably no way to prepare people um, until you've been through it and that's the reality of it. You can 
tell people as much as you can, but you know, the reality is it's not until you've experienced that you really going to truly understand. And that's, that's normal. That's just the process. Um, But you know, then you, then they, they have a baby and they go, okay, now I understand. And it's like, yep, cool. Welcome to parenthood. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I definitely did here. This is, yeah, we've all been (laughs) this like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it makes you a different friend too. Like, like I've had friends who have since had kids, and it's been like, I'm so sorry that I wasn't there for you, because oh my gosh, this is really hard. And I'm like, thank you, and that's okay. Yeah. But it's made me definitely like. Obviously, I'm kind of still in the throes of it at the moment with my second being only nine months. We and she's, I don't make good sleepers. This is just the life I live. <laughs> um. So where you know allergies and sleep issues and all of that um but I definitely check in more with people who have had babies especially if it's their first I ask different questions than I would have before having kids I offer different things you know like it changes the way you want to give to someone like very much I want to support that mum and not just be excited that she's made a baby yeah that you want to support their mental journey and be like can I put on some washing can I bring you some food I've made you a dinner here it goes in the freezer like you know go have a shower do you need to poo do you remember when you last did that (laughs) have a cup of tea like I'll always remember a friend of ours and she um she had a home birth as well with the same midwives that we did and she was oh I think her girl was maybe six weeks old when we had Louie and here she was rocking up on our doorstep, well, her husband actually, the day after um, I had Louie bringing us food. Like they, their child was six weeks old and they're making us food. And I was like, this is so strange, you know. I was so grateful because it was, you know, we didn't know what we were going to have for dinner that night. But um, I was just like, wow, okay, this is this is nice. But now I understand, like it's not. They didn't even care about seeing the baby. They didn't, like, want to come in. They didn't want to disturb us, anything like that. They just want to drop off food. Yeah. So made sure that we were, we were fed. And it was just so, so lovely. It's people like that that you need around, not people that um, just want to come and hold the baby and because that's not what you need. The baby needs you. Take the baby away. Yeah. The baby, so you need, you know. Especially uh, when then you're like, oh, and, and now I'm hosting. Now I'm making people coffees and teas and I'm <laughs> offering snacks and I don't even have snacks because, like, <laughs> what? Because my child eats them all. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. Um, how, how are you feeling now? So you've, you've finished your sessions with your psychologist but, you you know, you've got her there if you, if you need to. But how are you yeah. feeling? Now. Yeah, much better. I'm not going to say it goes away. Like, mm. it definitely, like intrusive thoughts don't disappear. I still get triggers. Um, as I said to you earlier, that another thing that came along was knives. I got a bit funny around knives for a while, which mm. like significantly affected my ability to prep dinner and, you know, like just do household things that I thought I would do as a stay-at-home mum. Yeah. Um, but And so I used to, even like once I was finished with a knife, I used to have to like hide it under a dish in the sink. I just couldn't see it. But now like I might see one and the thought might kind of start to enter my mind and then I can just move on. And I'm not like, I don't get the same fear response that I used to. Yeah, I used to get that full-blown like fight or flight fear. Whereas now 
I can be like, oh, yeah, that old chestnut. And I, you know, and then, you, you know, like, and I'm like, yeah, I've, I've dealt with you. I know what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid anymore because I'm two kids in this far along. And guess what? I still haven't hurt either one of my children and I still just love them to death. And, and the helicopter mom who just wants to keep them safe. So yeah. like, for me, I'm much more in tune with the fact that like the core value is their safety yeah. and it's because I love them. And that is what makes me a good mom. And yeah. so Absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm at peace with that now which is just yeah an incredible place to be if you told me that I could be here at that me who was with a three-day-old Arlo feeling absolutely spun out Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't have believed that this is where I would be now yeah so yeah get help people get help it's so good yeah I think it's a good way to put it like you um the way the reason that you had those sort of feelings to begin with is because you wanted to keep your baby safe and that's what made you a good mum. Yeah. That's the way to put it. Yeah, I think it's really helpful to kind of say that to yourself repeatedly and to have that understanding when you're going through something like that because that's what you doubt. You constantly doubt whether you are a good mum and whether you're yeah. the best thing for these kids. It never stops either. Never no. Stops. <laughs> to start disciplining them and then it's all, you know, you've got a whole new realm to deal with rather than yeah. just nurturing this baby through um, all, their, all their leaps and now you've got to actually start, yeah, discipline. You've got to now make them like a good human for society. Oh, my gosh. Like, I know. I have to make people. a good man <laughs> or a good man or woman, whoever he chooses, you yeah. know. Yeah. Or no one. Maybe he wants to be a spin star. I don't know. <laughs> but it's true, like, you know, and then you you think about, how you were raised and is that sort of the way that you want to parent and most of the time it's not because they have a bit of old old style parenting techniques um oh my my rousing voice is my dad through and through I tell you and I hate it (laughs) when I rouse I'm like oh this is why you don't want to be like this this is why you want to do this more gentle you sound like your father whenever I like get really a little bit too cranky at Louie I'm like oh Talia this is not what you want to do why are you yelling at him and I'm just like because he's being so silly like yeah stop but um you know but then you've got to think look this is not you know it's not helping he's not listening when you yell like that like it's it's just so much to it it's it's isn't there isn't there so much but you know <laughs> I, um, on the days it's bad it's so hard to say it but on the days where it's good I'm like I'm only human too. It's okay. You know, you only have to get it right 30% of the time for them to not be totally messed up. I've got some, I've got some percentage up my sleeve. <laughs> it was one bad day. You did great the other days. That's, you know. Funny. Um, if you had, do you have any, any advice for other mums who were struggling with postnatal anxiety? I just I just think yeah get help and just to normalize it I think just to be like you're not alone and don't be ashamed of admitting what can be some really scary dark thoughts that you kind of don't even want to say out loud like in my first psychology session I remember being like yeah you know you've told me you can't tell anyone what I say unless you think it's like threatening someone (laughs) oh yeah <laughs> who are you gonna call after like, yeah. should, I, should I tell you 100% of what I think or should I like dial it back to like you know 60 and we'll see from there but it's okay like they have heard so much worse mm-hmm. and even if you're the worst 
you're not the worst, you know, like these things happen and you can't always control what's in your head. And so get help, have someone normalize it and have someone help you through it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and there are associations out there you can call if you can't afford to go see a regular psychologist, you know, like I have. Yeah. Um, but if you can, yeah, get a mental health plan and get on that because, you yeah. know, it helps. Yeah. I've also recently, you know, got gotten into the podcast side of things and there are lots of podcasts out there that normalise what you're experiencing and hence half the reason I started this because there wasn't really anything like it. Um, there were lots of people who would interview professionals and sort of try to normalise it that way, but not from people's experiences. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's like good to... Hearing someone say, oh, yeah, I wanted, you know, well, not wanted, but I had thoughts of throwing my kid over a balcony or I had thoughts that I'd hurt my kid with a knife. Like, yeah. that's not something I could have said out loud back then yeah. to people, you know, like that. It's so hard to say that. But, yeah, I did. And I'm not a bad person. And so, yeah. like, you're not either, you know. If anyone's listening who is having thoughts like that, you're not a bad person. You're not a bad mum. Yes. Yeah. You just need the right support. That's right. Hopefully anyone who is listening, though, who is feeling like that, hopefully this can direct them into what they need to do next. So yeah. that's important. Yeah. If there was anything you could tell your pre-baby self um, before Arlo, do you, is there anything that you you think you would say? Look, I think, I, like, I wish I knew more about, I wish I knew more about mental health postnatally. I probably wish I'd listened to small podcasts like this rather than focusing so much on just, you know, pregnancy and birth and that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but realistically, I don't know that there's anything that could have changed my journey. I think, I think I'm one of the lucky ones who had a really great support team in my midwifery care and felt really comfortable so early on to say, I'm not coping, I need help. Yeah. And yeah, so I don't, I don't know that other than like, oh, hand shit gets real. Like, <laughs> shit gets so real. And don't yeah. count on the people who you thought you would because yeah. your support system is about to do a whole 180. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's really just you and your partner slogging yeah. it out. Yeah. It's even just, you know, telling yourself like this is what you're going to experience, this is what you sort of need to do about it, this is all normal, rather than thinking about things that you would change to avoid that stuff happening. Mm. It actually yeah. forms part of you and your journey and how you parent your children because you go through different experiences and also um, how you cope with future future babies. You know, you wouldn't have had the same, the the nice experience with Willow that you, Wilkie, sorry, that you did compared to Arlo. So, yeah. you know, if yeah, you had exactly. Arlo, it would be different, different story. Yeah, so. it's all part of the journey and you just got to, yeah, I think of, it's all just about knowing where to reach out when something doesn't feel quite right. Yeah. Do you think you'll practice differently as a midwife? A hundred percent. Like a hundred, but even just after like really soon into my intrusive thoughts being like, you were going to be so much better at your job because of this. Like that was one of the things I used to say to myself to, yeah. I don't know, find silver lining in it. I would just be like, you're going to be so much better because you're going to understand. You're going to understand those women and they're going to need it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm mm. already, 
a lot of the skills that I have developed as um, as a mum out there. So you'll have a yeah. lot um, of other stuff to use as well. And it does. It makes us better midwives, more sympathetic or empathetic, whichever you want to call it, yeah. for what they're going through and trying to normalise. And I think, I don't know, the people, because, you know, obviously work in continuity of care and I, the people that I see, they trust me and they trust what um, what I'm telling them, but also just to be able for them to know that I've been through it recently. And I'm very open with people about my journey, um, my clients with my journey, and I think they appreciate that as well. Um, and just talking about that mental health journey because it's relatable. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's no there's no fear in it. There's no um, stigma associated with it. You need to tell people that it's part of the process and that's what you felt. And if you feel like this, this is, you know, you need to reach out um, and have somebody that you you know, have be be that person that they um, feel that you can like they safe can to talk that. to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I honestly would. Not that you can't be a great midwife if you haven't had kids, but I feel even yeah better equipped to do the job that I do. And like, yeah. I already loved it. I already felt like being midwife was so much more than a job. Yeah. But like, yeah you realise the magnitude of your role yeah. once you have a, a baby. Yeah. It's really important. just want to, like, word vomit all of your, all of everything that you have learned through this period and you just want to vomit <laughs> and go, blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Everything. Yeah. All everything. this stuff that you used to say before, rubbish. Yeah. Let me re- <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was going to, you know, I was naive when I – was pre you know pre-baby and everything and it's um yeah it's it's normal I think to be naive about everything as long as you you're flexible and you realize that you know you can acknowledge being naive (laughs) yeah it's all you'll do it (laughs) I don't think any of us would have kids if we weren't all naive beforehand (laughs) you don't want to scare people no exactly (laughs) oh well thank you so much for coming on and having a chat I really it was really nice to talk to you about everything so um yes I guess I'll see you at work very soon yeah I I should be back I should be back now but um as soon as I convince my baby to take milk from someone who's not me um (laughs) then I will be back so any week now I've washed my uniform so I'm ready to go nice exciting exciting this episode and thank you Hannah for joining me again another story not like any other Um, everyone's story is unique in so many ways and this one is no exception I really hope this helps shed some light for someone else out there experiencing intrusive thoughts and encouraging them to find someone to help them through this time in their postnatal period so thank you all again for joining me Um, Head to my Instagram or my website to find some amazing photos that Hannah has kindly shared with us from her two births and they are stunning. Uh, You'll also find all my previous episodes on there and a link to get in contact with me if you have a story you'd like to share. So 
So thanks again and I look forward to bringing you another episode soon.